1: To learn
0: more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loans subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Holla talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well...
1: Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation
0: of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies.
1: Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mentioned that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing Robin Hood versus Buffett, people still paying for AOL, and renewing your passport now.
0: Right, buddy? This is our Friday Flight episode at the end of the week, where we look back at the news that we came across this week, the different headlines, and we're going to talk about how they pertain to our personal finances. I'm excited to get to all the stories that we're going to talk about today, dude. Uh, But first, last Friday, we talked about naming our vans. You and I, we both have Honda Odysseys. You've got a 2006, I've got a 2012. They're both pretty old. But after talking with the car chick a couple weeks ago, she suggested that we name our cars. And she said that everybody should do this because what it means is that you take care of your vehicle a little bit more than you normally would. I think there's some, you know, probably behavioral truth to that. Yeah. But at the same time, dude, we're not trying to personify <laughs> our rides, right? We're not trying to make it so that our vans now have emotion. But we do want to take care of them. And so we, we, we put that out there for listeners. Uh, and we asked for our listeners to, yeah, leave their thoughts. Like, what do y'all think that we should name our vanes? And we got some, uh, yeah, some really good suggestions. Yeah, all right. So let's mention maybe the top three that are in the running. Okay. And so we, we have two
1: vans. So there's three sets of two names. Aldi and Costco was yeah. one. Obviously, your your van would be
0: named Aldi. Mine would be named Costco. Yeah. You, I feel like that one stood out to you because you're like, I feel like, for in your mind, like that's the number one thing that's different between you and me. Like, I feel like if you thought there's a lot
1: of things that are different <laughs> between you and
0: me. <laughs> well, there, there are, but it, I'm thinking that if you can convince me to get an, uh, a Costco membership, then like you will have won the war, you know. <laughs> but it's not gonna happen. All right, yeah, it's no, not gonna right, happen. That, that's one. Yeah. Joseph
1: and Miggy is another.
0: And yeah, the Atlanta United reference there. Li- literally, like the two best soccer players in Atlanta United history and MLS history, right? <laughs> Probably. So what? What listeners? I'm not sure if they know this, but back in the day, uh, back when Miggy and uh, Miguel. Almarone when him and Joseph Martinez back when they were red hot they would do this thing after they kind of linked up and play and you know when Joseph scored and they would go over to the sideline and want their celebration that was some move from like an anime cartoon but yeah yeah they would like kind of lean into each other put their fingertips together and it was like this you know fusion transfer of energy (laughs) kind of back and forth uh it's a you and I actually did that used to do that sometimes before we recorded (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know if listeners uh ever knew that we did that but we stopped doing that I guess a couple years ago but we we can do it again it it was fun but yeah we We like those guys a lot. So those are fitting names, I think, maybe for our Honda Odysseys. But there's a third option, uh, Hal and Homer. Yes. And so, okay, this one stood out to me. This one was by far my favorite because, so Homer, uh, a lot of folks might know, Homer was the author of the Iliad and the Odyssey. And, of course, we have Odyssey Vans. And so that's the the reference, right, to the Odyssey. And then Hal, I didn't know this because this isn't uh, a movie that I had seen before. This is a sci-fi movie from back in the day. I think maybe the 80s. But Hal was an artificial intelligence robot. I think in the end, he kind of like went a little dark and kind of, <laughs> kind of turned on the people. Uh, but that one, I really like that one because uh, I really like sci-fi. Not because I'm a dark person, <laughs> uh, but just, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of science fiction. And so I don't that name in particular stood out to me. And I was like, oh, I could see us naming our van Hal. And, uh, and for you too, Homer, like not that you're into... Greek mythology or anything, but like Homer makes me think of the Atlanta Braves. Makes me think of baseball. What's the name of the Braves mascot is Homer. Yeah. So yeah, I think you know you
1: go Hal, I'll go Homer. Hal and That's, Homer. We we found the names for our minivans. Is, is that now. decided then? I think so. Okay, yeah. awesome. Cool. I, I like the other ones too, but yeah, we'll go Hal and Homer. Especially because I do think you have this dark side where you're
0: going to turn on me at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you're always like looking over your shoulders. like, well, Things seem to be changing a little bit. No, no, I'm I'm still me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. So now we'll
1: start referring to our minivans. By that name. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's move on, Matt. Let's talk about the the Friday flight, the sampling of stories we found interesting this week. If I was a couple years younger, you know where I'd be moving right now? West Virginia. Because West Virginia is paying people to get vaccinated, at least if you're between the ages of 16 and 35. It's very nice. I'm 37. Don't qualify. <laughs> Plus, I don't live in West Virginia. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's even better than like the free Krispy Kremes, or at least equivalent, right? Or the beer money that we mentioned from Sam Adams and west virginia isn't the only state doing this by the way maryland is also offering a hundred dollars to state employees and detroit is giving out fifty dollar prepaid debit cards to anyone who drives someone to get faxed Uh, with no limit on how many times you can do it that's my new part-time
0: job if i live in detroit right seriously i mean i have got to think that like the uber drivers like in between shifts they're like (laughs) swinging by i don't know like retirement home or or someplace where folks need rides and it's like hey anybody here want to want (laughs) a free lift go get vaccinated anyone you're already giving a ride too. You're yeah, like, yeah, seriously. Hey, excuse me. Have you been vaccinated? <laughs> I will give you five dollars and take you there right now. Little detour. Let's do it right now. <laughs> they could sweeten the pot. Offer to split the uh, the check card. I yeah, guess. that's right. So yeah, obviously anybody can get vaccinated these days. So yeah, get your vaccination. Get back to life. Uh, Joel, last week we mentioned that many tax refunds have been delayed. Except for uh, mine somehow. I got mine (laughs) within a few weeks. But of the returns that have been filed so far this year, the average refund is just shy of $3,000. And so if you aren't sure what to do with your refund, and if you've gotten something uh, decent size like that, so much of that decision comes down to where you currently are with your personal finances. You know, we, we feel that it's not a bad idea to set aside 10% of any sort of windfall as fund money. But you really should be using the rest of that for saving, you know, whether that's an emergency fund. Definitely, if you don't have anything set aside in your savings account or your checking account for an emergency fund. Uh, or even, two for other near-term goals or investing tax refunds are the, the perfect time to get that Roth IRA going. Um, if you don't know where to start, we'd recommend for folks to listen back to our episode that we did on the seven money gears. And that's when we jumped into uh, when to do what with your money, because you want to make sure that you're doing things in the correct order. Uh, for instance, you don't want to start that Roth IRA if you don't have that basic emergency fund set up. Listen back to that episode for more details. Yeah, man, I
1: agree. I think you know, anytime you get a lump sum, and tax refunds are one of the main times that people get a lump sum of money thrown their way, uh, opening up a Roth IRA, you know, taking a positive step in your personal finances is the way to go. Uh, Matt, let's talk about uh, college degree requirements. I saw a story this week that more employers are dropping college degree requirements for certain positions. NPR had this great piece, and they found that lots of companies are actually realizing that some of the positions they're looking to fill have like this knee-jerk requirement for folks to have a four-year college degree. And they're realizing, hmm, we're not getting as many applicants as we'd like for these jobs. And maybe a four-year degree isn't as essential as we previously thought it was for this position. So we're going to like eliminate that requirement uh, so that we can get more qualified candidates applying for the position. Hilton Hotels, Penguin Random House, and State Street Financial are just a few of the companies that say that they're gaining actually a competitive advantage by broadening the pool of candidates beyond just folks with college degrees. I love reading stuff like this, Matt, yeah. because like it's beneficial not only from a diversity standpoint, it's also just smart business to, to realize that you're creating an artificial barrier, maybe, of a college degree requirement when it might not be necessary for a whole lot of positions that employers offer. Uh, oftentimes, it's the on-the-job training that's necessary. It's less the, uh, do you have a four-year college degree? like yeah. That might not necessarily come into
0: play um, for, for a lot of positions out there. Yeah, man, I feel like it's a blunt tool for sorting through the different applicants who might be interested in different positions out there. Positions that these people might be qualified for and they can do a good job in, but maybe they're just not cut out for college. And dude, speaking of jobs, so many restaurants are struggling to find workers at all right now. Uh, Folks are are coming back to restaurants in a pretty major way, but it's hard for supply to keep up with the demand when you can't find enough people to serve those customers. Those folks are hungry. (laughs) You know, (laughs) there are more job openings in the U.S. this spring than before the pandemic hit back in March of last year. Uh, and from Business Insider, they recently reported that a Florida McDonald's is paying people $50 just to show up for a job interview. And it's still struggling to find applicants. I think I saw that uh, a little bit ago. Taco Bell, they're hosting interviews via their drive-thru. <laughs> Folks didn't even need to get out of their car. like Literally, it's, it, yeah, you're kind of driving through. It's like, wait a minute. Do I want a, a cheesy bean and rice burrito or maybe I'll <laughs> apply for a job? It's oh, pretty, let pretty let me ridiculous check your pulse real quick. You're alive. You can come work here. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Right. Uh, and and to the New York Times reported that some companies are turning down massive, huge jobs because they don't have the people to take on the work to get those jobs done. Bank of America, they reported that it's a mixture of the increased unemployment assistance that's happening right now alongside fears of contracting COVID. Obviously, childcare is probably another issue uh, for a lot of folks as well. And also, man, the state of Montana, they say that the labor crunch is so bad that they are ending the increased federal pandemic unemployment assistance in order to incentivize people to hop back into the labor market. They think that folks just don't want to get back to work because they don't need to.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, People are being pickier when it comes to the jobs that they're being offered to because they've got regular income coming in and they don't have to take that job. And I think in some ways that benefits anybody out there who is looking for a job, right? A lot of employers have now turned to offering signup bonuses for even sometimes entry-level positions. You know, Costco and Kroger have increased their hourly pay rate and more people aren't taking the, the first job that's being offered to them because there's just so many options available. And yeah, I think the current environment is Incredibly beneficial for workers. So I think what this means is if you're looking for a new job, it's okay to be a little picky. And we'd say to be sure to negotiate your pay if you're looking for work. Like, don't just take the first offer and be like, done, I'm in. Uh, Because some of these employers are really hard up to find the right person to fill the gap that they have. The company that you're applying to might need you more than they've let on. And you've got more room to push back on compensation than you think. Just like in the housing market, it's a complete seller's market. Well, right now the
0: labor market is completely in your favor as a worker. It is an employees' market when it comes to uh, the job market, man. Uh, well, here's the thing: there are some positions where in the future you may not be able to be so picky. Let's uh, let's talk about robots and uh, warehouse jobs specifically. I'm always you know, trying to steal my job, like Hal. Uh, <laughs> I feel like now, like our is going to seem like the evil one, whereas, <laughs> whereas yours is going to seem like an all-American, history-loving uh, <laughs> blue van. Uh, but uh, this, yeah, we want to talk about robots because CNN... Had a fascinating article about this British supermarket chain Ocado. I guess that's how you say it. But its new automated warehouse uh, that's set to, to take grocery fulfillment and delivery to the next level. Dude, you've got you've got to see the pictures, and we'll make sure to link to this article in the show notes. But this system can apparently gather an order in 15 minutes, uh, when before like it, it could take two to three hours, depending on how the the products would kind of go through all the you know miles of conveyance. That's how they say it in uh, uh, engineering <laughs> that, speak. That, that's not good for your ice cream either, right? <laughs> no. No, it's it's going to be melted by the time you get it. And not only that, but it's 99% accurate, which is incredibly
1: impressive. I'm going to say better than any Instacart order or Kroger. <laughs> I mean, we've never done Instacart, but like the Kroger pickup. Dude, it is. Where someone gathers your groceries for you. It's almost more frustrating than going in the store yourself. It's. Yeah, we, it, it's, it's nice from a convenience standpoint, but the inaccuracy. You is... got to be
0: okay. You got to be down with rolling with the punches because you're gonna get something that you weren't expecting. Or like like we had some friends. The substitutes I've... can be ridiculously weird. It's like we gave you potatoes because there were no bananas, <laughs> and you're like, what? It's like that's that's not a starch. <laughs> like like yeah, that's not They're gonna very work. Different out. things. But dude, there's a video as well showing uh, just how those robots move along within this warehouse. We'll make sure to link to that too. But they said that these robots can get within five millimeters of each other, which is just crazy. They get so close and. And they're essentially like robots playing chicken <laughs> like they're careening towards each other and they stop last second and like shifts and then they continue along that's it's really impressive. It yeah. really is.
1: And uh, on the robot front, Matt, there's uh, there's something I've kind of been interested in. Uh, lawnmower robots. Have you seen those things? I
0: have. Yeah. They're, they're
1: like you know the Roombas. Like a lot of people have Roombas now. We, we don't have one, but I go to people's houses. They've got them. It's kind, they're kind of fun to watch. And I you know I, apparently they do a decent job cleaning. But um, but yeah, the lawnmower robots. I'm like they're kind of like the outdoor equivalent of the Roomba. Yeah. But man, it just makes me think like how much time. And money could I save if those things are even just like decent, right? Like I'm, I'm wondering though, like how well they work because my, my yard has like some gnarly root systems <laughs> going on like that, and you know even when I'm mowing it, sometimes you know my, my blade you hear hits it the roots, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's terrible. But yeah, I know for your lawnmower that's okay, but for like a little you know yard Roomba like that could destroy it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm concerned about. But yeah, like
1: the New York Times had an article about those. Talked about the like increased efficiency, smaller amount of noise pollution. That we're seeing from these lawnmower yeah. robots, and two, as like labor prices continue to rise and these bots get even better, I think we're going to see more and more of them. Like it makes me think about even using them at a rental property instead of hiring someone to come out and cut the grass. Oh, um, interesting, you, you they could save a like ton that.
0: of money, right? Yeah, if they're a few hundred bucks, and if that goes multiple years, you know, before you need to uh, repair it. Interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that standpoint. I've only thought about it kind of from like my yard, which you know I don't cut. (laughs) (laughs) Kate and I have adopted the. We have a pollinator yard, but because literally we have a lot of clover mixed into uh, the yard, and if you let it grow tall enough, you know it blossoms and the bees show up and they help also pollinate our garden. So that's kind of taken top priority.
1: But it's a good thing you don't live in uh, a neighborhood with an HOA, right?
0: I personally would hate living in a neighborhood with with, with an HOA. Me too. Dude, I mean, I, I yeah. I don't know if that's just how I view authority or something <laughs> like that. I just hate being told what to do when it comes to certain things that I own. Uh, my, you know, like, don't tell me what to do with my yard. Like, this is my yard. I should be able to do exactly what I want with it. No, know? Matthew, you cannot put up the Christmas lights yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, let's talk about wasting money. You might be wondering if folks are still paying for America Online. Most people would uh, believe no. Who, no. who would be? Who in their right mind would still be paying? There for There are, AOL. in fact, a lot of folks still giving them money. The reason we're talking about this too is AOL is being bought by a gargantuan private equity company, uh, Apollo Global, and you know, in that process, some stories have been written about this company that you know we haven't talked about or thought much about in years. I still miss AOL Instant Messenger, though. Would you call that like the slack of yesteryear, like essentially? <laughs> I still think that's the best form of internet communication
1: ever invented. Really? Like yeah. like what's been better than that? Twitter's worse, Slack's worse. Like AIM
0: was yes. the internet at perfection. <laughs> it's been all downhill since then. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind all the technological advances we've yep. had. But uh dude, CNBC they reported that 1.5 million people still pay AOL for their services. Of that 1.5 million, only just a few thousand folks are actually paying for internet. The rest are paying for technical support and identity theft software. Uh, this software is called AOL Advantage. <laughs> More like AOL Disadvantage. <laughs> Dude, it's such a joke. Uh, and so, I mean, we want to point that out because if you, uh, hopefully not you, but someone you know, if they're signed up, make sure that you encourage them to cancel that junk. That is not something you need. For real, yeah. People, some people paying 10 bucks a month. Some people paying
1: 15 bucks a month for this thing. Yeah. And if you're signed up for anything else that cost you the equivalent of what you pay for streaming every month, like Dude, what you pay for seriously. Netflix, right? Um, for identity theft monitoring, essentially, it's a big money maker for some of these companies, but it's a big loser for you. It's a waste of your money. Instead, we suggest that you freeze your credit. Don't pay AOL to monitor your credit, but freeze it. Instead, that's something you can do. And it's free thanks to federal legislation. Uh, you know, we, we actually have an article on the website detailing how you freeze your credit, and we'll link to that article in the show notes. But it takes very little time. I know there are a lot of like commercials about ID theft monitoring and why you should pay money for it, don't listen to them (laughs) because uh, freezing your credit is free. You do it once and you don't have to worry about people stealing your identity and you don't have to pay money uh, to some company who says they're going to keep an eye on it for you. All
0: right, Joe, we're going to take a break, but we do have a bunch more stories we're going to get to, including the the face off between Robin Hood and Warren Buffett. Uh, It's kind of like the Godzilla versus King Kong (laughs) (laughs) matchup. We'll get to that story plus a few others right after this break. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial.
1: Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything, too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful... Well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the
0: year. That's right. Yeah. And here's the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety
1: net using PolicyGenius. Head to PolicyGenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. All right, we're back. We're going to keep rolling with our Friday flight. Before we get to that UFC-like matchup between Robin Hood and <laughs> Warren Buffett, we're going to get to, as we always do on Fridays, our ludicrous headline of the week of the week of the week <laughs> i just wanted to get it out there very understated i appreciate that yeah. all right so here's the headline uh that that ruffled our feathers this week this one uh, was titled americans didn't need financial literacy month they just needed money and then this was mm. by helene olson from the washington post and i gotta say matt i'm not sure if many of our listeners noticed that april was financial literacy month you and i we don't make a big deal out of stuff like that like in the HTM world, every month's financial literacy <laughs> month, right?
0: <laughs> it's the yeah, it's
1: the air we breathe, dog. Exactly. And that's because like I, I feel like actually I get annoyed. There's a day For everything now, (laughs) there's like a National Craft Beer Day, but not only is there that, there's a National IPA Day, (laughs) a a day specifically set aside for that one specific type of beer. But that is a special day. (laughs) Let's be honest. Come on, it's probably like the only one I celebrate, right? Uh, I think like uh, tomorrow is National Have a Coke Day. Like, is it really? Yeah. Like seriously, there's a day (laughs) for everything. I like looked it up just to see how many goofy days there are like surrounding, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have a Coke tomorrow. or not. Or not, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I just think those days are, are just a little overblown. But yeah, my problem with this article, you know, partly I, I agree, like uh, we don't need a financial literacy month necessarily, but Miss Olson wasn't just making fun of the idea that a specific month exists to highlight financial literacy What she did in this article, she was making a statement that it's not important, really, at all. Like, people just need money, not information and education. Instead of teaching a person to fish, essentially,
0: she's saying, just give them fish instead. Uh. Yeah, dude, I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, one of the lines in the article that stood out was, "The past year proved the lie of financial literacy. Many people's finances were not a mess because we needed lessons in how to handle our money, we simply needed more money." And dude, it's that it's, is not the lesson I got from this past year. Dude, yeah, that's we think that's that's wrong basically. You know, like we we feel that it's not that the pandemic didn't cause massive issues to our, you know, our world, to our country. Uh, aside from the the health side of things, our economy as a whole went through some major difficulties. And, and so did many of our personal financial lives as well. And it's not that inequality and that poverty that they're not real issues. They are. But so is a lack of financial literacy. And, you know, you and I, dude, we have heard way too many stories from listeners who made massive shifts in their own personal finances prior to the pandemic that helped them to, to weather the storm. To believe that financial literacy is actually unimportant and that more money is going to solve most money problems out there. More money, more problems, right? Dude, seriously. No, I mean sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> but it's just that there were a lot of issues that we were forced to grapple with this year as a nation and as individuals. And financial literacy, it doesn't solve most of these problems, uh, but it's also not a stupid endeavor, right? And so, like, it makes me think of like like a bike metaphor, which I tend to think of if you're riding along so you crash your bike and you bust yourself up you're bleeding out everywhere what you need in that moment you don't need to be taught how to properly use your brakes right like what you need in the moment you need a band-aid if you're really bleeding maybe you need some stitches <laughs> but the next time you get on your bike you need to make sure that you know how your brakes work so that you don't end up in that exact same position down the road yep. like in the moment is that what you need no like you don't need a lesson on how to properly ride your bike But before you get on your bike again, you need to understand the basics. And in the same way, when it comes to our money, you have to understand the basic fundamentals of spending less than you actually make, of investing your money and making sure that you're growing your wealth. I think it would be unwise if we were just solely expecting there to be more money down the road given to us. Yeah. And like
1: we've talked about before, Matt, there are plenty of people making six figures, living paycheck to paycheck. That is not a money problem. That is truly a wants and desires problem, a a spending problem, not knowing how to save, not, um, not being taught, essentially, some of the most important aspects of financial literacy, and then actually implementing them into your life. All right, but let's move on. Let's talk about the battle royale between Warren Buffett <laughs> and Robin Hood. This one was just really interesting, um, mostly because you know, what Warren Buffett said, I think we agreed with, but then the clapback from, from Robin Hood was quite interesting. Basically, uh, the folks who run uh, the Ro- Robin Hood app, they're not really making any friends this week. Like, uh, Warren Buffett criticized Robin Hood at the annual Berkshire Hathaway Conference. He referred to actually many of the account holders, Robin Hood account holders, as casino participants. And we actually kind of tend to agree with Warren. Uh, But Robinhood, they weren't fond of the characterization. They responded with a statement of their own. And they said, if the last year has taught us anything, it's that people are tired of the Warren Buffetts and Charlie Mungers of this world acting like they're the only oracles of investing. Wow, <laughs> dang! That takes some guts to attack our favorite, best ninety-year-old friend <laughs> in that sort of way, man. Like Robin Hood, showing uh, not much class, I would say, in their response to to Mr. Buffett.
0: Yeah, it totally does. Yeah, this feels like a juvenile response from from Robin Hood. And here's the thing: Robin Hood and similar apps essentially promote the idea of trading over. Buy and hold investing, and you know, like Robinhood, they, they don't even offer access to retirement accounts like IRAs, like Roth IRAs or traditional IRAs. And so, if you're trying to figure out which app you should use to start investing, we suggest avoiding apps and investing with one of the the major low cost companies like Vanguard or or Fidelity, dude, or at least use the M1 app, which does allow you to open up an IRA. I've actually uh, I've got a, an article up on the site uh, that we can link to in the show notes. But I feel like we're sort of like the moderators in this fight between Robinhood and the the mongers and the Buffets of the world, right? I do feel that a company like Robinhood has uh, advanced the democratization of investing. They make it so easy for folks to be investing their money instead of just spending it and blowing it, consuming it, right? Because once you do that, like you're never going to see that, <laughs> that money again. Uh, and so I appreciate that. But at the same time, yeah, like you said, we agree with Buffett here because the way that folks are going about investing... They're, they're, they're not doing it in a sustainable way. They're not doing it in a way that's going to lead to long term wealth. You know, we've seen the market only increase uh, since last March, since the pandemic. And it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, if there's an, an actual downturn, right? Like if folks are treating it like a casino where they're only going to win money, Well, what happens when the when the house actually wins? What happens when you walk away with less money? I think that's what Warren Buffett and I think that's what, what we're afraid of with these investors in Robinhood.
1: Yeah, I do think there are a lot of people, particularly investing in, on a platform like Robinhood, who are susceptible, who are going to be really hurt uh, by potential downswings in the market that might be on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of investing, Americans, apparently they can't get enough stocks. This was a uh, Wall Street Journal article we saw this week that had some fascinating information because as the stock market, like you said, Matt, continues to soar. Uh, more household wealth is now in the stock market than ever before. That's almost as great of a record as our late home run king Hank Aaron. Since uh, my my, my band's called Homer, we'll go, oh, go with yeah. the Homer King Hank Aaron. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but like yeah, but while some of that enthusiasm for stocks has been funneled into more speculative investing moves via the likes of some of the apps like Robinhood out there, there are also lots of folks investing in a more boring fashion in their retirement accounts, the kind of investing that you and I, Matt, are big fans of, just like every two weeks, popping money in, putting it into you know an index fund, and watching it grow for years to come. It's not sexy, but it works. And if you're looking to invest more, that's great. But make sure that you're funneling it into your retirement account instead of actively trading stocks on, you know, one of those fancy little trading apps on your phone.
0: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, with more of this money pouring into the market, I mean, it's not surprising that Americans are more optimistic about their retirement these days with the market at all-time highs. Uh, a new survey from the Employee Benefit Research Institute They found that 72% of workers are confident in their ability to live comfortably in retirement. This is up 63% from last March, and that's great. But don't let your optimism cause you to to take undue risks with your money. The market, it's it's currently flying high. It has been for a long time now, besides the major but short-lived blip last year. But stocks do sometimes go down, and so we we just want folks to be prepared mentally uh, and with your portfolio holdings. Make sure that your risk appetite is built for a downturn. If you look at the percentage of growth that we've seen, even just in the S and P since last March, we've seen an 80% increase, which is insane. Like it's just worth pointing out that that's not normal. And at some point it's going to slow down or, you know, it might even, we might have a few months of a downturn. And so make sure that you can stomach it, make sure you can handle uh, those potential clouds on the horizon. Yeah. I feel like
1: everybody looks like they're brilliant <laughs> when the market just continues to climb, but it's the people uh, as the market does begin to decline. It's it's the people who are investing wisely, even as the market continues to, to soar, they're going to be the ones that are okay, that Aren't super worried when the market does hit a rough patch. That's right. All right, Matt. Let's transition. Let's talk about travel for a second here. Uh, travel, of course, is starting to ramp back up in a big way. We're seeing airports become more more crowded, flights becoming more crowded. And Tripadvisor actually ha- had a survey, and they said that 67% of Americans do plan to travel this summer. Although 75% of them, three out of four, plan to do it domestically. They're not planning to travel overseas most of those folks are going to be driving but there's also going to be a huge uptick in the number of folks that are flying in the coming months too so and at the same time vaccinated travelers from the u.s are going to be able to go to many parts of europe this summer as well that's according to some of the officials in brussels we don't know a firm timeline though so yeah you know, they basically are like we'll get back to you on that <laughs> but, but they're probably going to be able to come this summer and, and you know hopefully we'll have more firm information soon because I know a lot of people do want to, you know, jump back over the pond and go visit parts of Europe. But I will say, I love that the U.S. is kind of the major destination right now because there's so much to see here and you can travel around the United States
0: pretty cheaply, too. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to Europe, though, if, if that sounds nice, you know, either later this summer or this fall and you want to travel to those destinations, make sure that your passport isn't expired. Keep in mind that some countries only accept passports that won't expire for at least six months past the date of your trip. And so, you know, it might not look expired right now, (laughs) But in reality, it actually is currently expired. And they won't let you on that flight. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And
1: and that's going to be like a big shock to some people as they get to the airport and they're like, my passport's still got three months left on it. And they're like, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, you can't board this flight because
0: the country that you're going to actually views your passport as expired, even though it's not. That's right. Yeah. So if your your passport is expired or or actually will be soon, make sure to renew it now. Uh, And that's because the pandemic delays have hit the U.S. State Department pretty significantly. The, The last we heard is taking three to four months. Months to get your passport renewed because there's a backlog of passport renewals uh, that they're still working on from last spring. And so to get that renewal expedited, like that's going to cost a lot more money. So instead, plan ahead and uh, make sure that you get it done now. You don't want to be stranded at the airport, uh, missing out on that sweet vacation that you've uh, been dreaming up all year long. Right? Also, just make sure you take a good passport picture because you're
1: gonna be stuck with it for ten years. <laughs> <That> <laughs> you is. don't want to be looking at your ugly mug, like just posing
0: terribly. Like you know,
1: yeah, crack a smile <laughs> in
0: it at least. <laughs> that's right, man. Uh, so that's gonna be it for this episode, folks. Uh, you can find our show notes up on our website at howtomoney.com. We hope everyone has a good weekend, and we will see you back here on Monday. We've got an interview lined up with the fellows from Earn Your Leisure. We're gonna be talking with. Roy and Rashad, so you can look forward to that.
1: Yeah, and so if you randomly stumbled upon this episode, make sure to hit subscribe so you can get notified when that episode gets released. That's right. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Have a great weekend. Matt, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's radio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote
0: i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico